And welcome back to the latest edition of the Profit Roadmap. I am Bear Duplissy alongside Cody Owen, as always. And we are welcoming back Mr. Chris Volpe back in the house, our training manager. Chris Volpe has been working here at Service Autopilot for almost three years and has been in the training department for more than a year and a half. Uh, Chris and the training department have trained hundreds of members and dozens of new employees. A fantastic feat for sure. And we've brought Chris in to specifically talk about some training principles and practices that can help you get set up on your right foot when it includes your business so that, of course, you can increase profitability and make your business run more efficiently. Chris, thank you for risking life and limb to get to us today. We understand that you had some car trouble, a little nail in the tire action. It's true. You you, cha- you pulled out the nail with your bare hand and 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 plugged it Patched with, it with some chewing gum. Chew- I, heard. I I was totally gonna go there. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, I'm faster. You are faster. And then I actually had to blow up the tire with my mouth. Like it, it was just it was it was dirty. That's so you hard totally because those Schrader valves have the th- you have to push it down. I know. You had yeah. to MacGyver that thing. That was pretty awesome. Yes. Blowing it up, chewing gum, fantastic. You could have used that snorkel that we talked about in the last episode with Chris. That's I was actually wondering good. about that. Did you guys get Adam Sandler or Nicolas Cage on this podcast yet? Not yet. Okay. We're, hey, our people are talking to his people. Okay. Uh, both of their people. Okay. We're, we're, we're going to do a I mean, Nicolas Cage will do anything for a dollar. That's so. true. Yeah, that's true. We could just give him like some lunch over at like, you know, whatever that barbecue place is. In we could 50. spray paint one of it? our old 1050. laptops. 1050. Thank no, you. We, we'll just spray paint one of our old laptops uh, with some like gold Krylon. And Nicolas Cage will think it's amazing. <laughs> we probably shouldn't make fun of him so much if we want him to come on. Yeah, the I was going to say we can just get him like one of those gold phones that he had like in Snake I don't know Eyes. What value Nicolas Cage is going to add to our listeners. Nicolas Cage it, always adds value. I don't know what value Nicolas Cage adds to the world. If I'm honest, uh, he's a Coppola uh, man. He's got some lineage in him, dude. It's, he, it's, he, yeah, that's the only reason he has a job. <laughs> well, I mean, what has he done recently, though? I mean. If we're being honest, like, I mean, just any work. I mean, don't criticize it like bad or good or anything. Like, what was the last movie he did? I have like, no idea. No direct to DVD stuff. Is it really that bad? I mean, he's fallen pretty far. Oh, Season of the Witch. Well, that was a long time ago. Uh, he that was a long time movies. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Two, circa 2004. We're taking it back 10 years there. <laughs> Sorry. It's because I was listening to a podcast a couple years ago and they talked about it was how did this about the downfall made? of Nicolas Cage and how. You know, the it's last thing he did was when Cody so was 10 bad, years they old. They wonder how they got produced. <laughs> uh, but oh, anyway, man. I wanted to talk about my favorite pastime relating to Chris Volpe, and that is taking his last name and just dragging it through the mud and turning it into nicknames. So my current favorite it's is true. Vol- It's true. It's Vol- true. Oh, yeah. It's Volptorb, like the, uh, Volptor- like the electric Volptorb. Pokemon. Volptorb. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, we've got Voltron. Like the that one's better. Yes. I like that one better. Yeah. Anything that's not Pokemon, I'm I'm in favor of. Because yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm thirty years old. I'm thirty plus years old, and yeah, Pokemon just has, serves no purpose in my life whatsoever. Regardless, got to catch them all. Yeah, you got to catch them all, Bear. Oh my God! Just do wait you till do, your son. Do you I'm not, do, I'm, no, no, no. Don't don't tell me you're one of those Pokemon Go. <laughs> I'm not. I've never done that Pokemon was like so Go last year. That was so 2015. That was so I played Pokemon Go until my account quit working. I, I don't know why. Did you update the app, Cody? We've talked relentlessly about updating your apps. You know, I. You know what else I didn't do? I didn't contact their support. I didn't feel like dealing with it. That's I was like, fine. <laughs> I've spent money on this app. I'm really angry that it doesn't work, but I also don't have time oh to deal my, with this. Man. Oh my goodness! Could you imagine contacting the support? So, 
I was in route to capturing a Pikachu or something. And I spent <laughs> my laser beam hydrospheric thingamabob did not work. I am so frustrated right now. My life cannot go on. I once spent 45 minutes bicycling around a neighborhood. I thought you were about because... to say $45. I was going to slap you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I spent 45 minutes bicycling around a neighborhood uh, until I found a Pikachu. And then I threw... I, 80 Pokeballs at it without ever catching it. Oh, man. That Pikachu. I was Pikachu. like, I can't pass up this opportunity to catch a Pikachu. Mother of Mary Oh, man. Joseph. This, oh, we just took this to a whole new level. God, Lord, save me. <laughs> okay, so now, tr- so I've never done Pokemon Go, but I do have to say, <sighs> if they came out with the Harry Potter equivalent. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Catch Them. That's oh, kind of interesting. Gosh, there you go. That's kind of interesting. Harry Potter is a big deal over here. Pokemon, eh, some people are into it, but pretty much everyone in our office likes Harry Potter. You know, How am I the least nerd in the entire room here? I don't understand this. What? Wh- hey, you know wh- who doesn't wrong? care about any of this? Who? Our entire audience. Yeah, our entire audience. <laughs> that's, that's probably they've all like they've already one, turned it there's off. There's one a couple company of them have driven off the road. They <laughs> just fell asleep. Like, what are we listening to? <laughs> there's one company that's like standing up and cheering right now, yeah, saying, like, "Yes, I know." Yes, they're like they're the ones that are like they base their entire route on like where the Pokemans are and stuff. So Hey, are, uh-oh, uh-oh, are, uh-oh, Bear said Pokemans. That's a paddling. That, <laughs> I still don't know what you're talking about. Guys, are we stumbling upon a new business? Lawn Care and Pokemon Go? Is there something there? There, There is Pokemon, nothing there. There's absolutely positive. Pokemon the Lawn. <laughs> it's my it. new pun-based lawn no, care business. No, no, no. Talk about, you know, ga- gamifying, is, gamifying is always a thing. So Could we get people to mow their own lawns to catch Pokemon and pay us? Oh man, guys, we're 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 stumbling upon something. Oh god, I'm out of this partnership <laughs> right now. Oh goodness gracious. Um, okay. he was never part of it. Let the, let the record reflect. <laughs> let the record reflect that Bear, Bear did wanted not want nothing to, to do with the Poke Pokey mow the lawn. Pokey mow the. Oh my. He just hasn't. He just hasn't. Bear, when your kid's yet. old enough, you should. Uh, you should try to convince him something something that involves you when, saying Pokemon the lawn. No, when my kid's old enough, he's going to understand the value of not playing Pokemon, whatever that stuff. Hopefully, that poor kid. God, 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 willing, that won't occur. I don't feel like he's going to be allowed to have fun. No, he won't. Actually, he's going to hate me by the time he's four because he's going to be the only kid in his first grade class that doesn't have a freaking iPhone. So <laughs> that's probably what's going to well, occur. You know, Bear, how old are you? How I'm 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 about to be 34 in like uh, less than eight days. You just I mean you're already like telling the kid to get off the lawn. I'm just concerned. <laughs> I'm embracing my inner Clint Eastwood, man. You have to understand that these the, there's there I'm I'm born in the wrong age. The reason that I love podcasting so much and the reason I love this partnership that you and I have built and that I like run with this concept is the fact that I really believe that I should have been born in the middle of the golden age of radio. Like it should have been me and Red Smith like doing the radio broadcast of the old New York Giants and Brooklyn Dodgers. Like that should have been Can me. Can you please do an old radio voice for the rest of this? I have an old radio voice. I'm an old soul, man. You've known this. You've known me for over 10 years, dude. You've got you've to do, it's got to be more nasal though. You know? yeah, you got to vomit those words. Like, <laughs> so instead of 
Talking about Pokemon, let's talk about something a little bit more serious to our viewers and listeners. That's not bad. That's not bad. Is that better? That's okay. that's good. All right, I'm not rolling with it though. <laughs> so, okay, let's let's dive into what should have been the main subject of this of this uh, this particular episode of the Profit Roadmap. And uh, again, Chris, you've been a part of the training department for well over a year now within the service autopilot uh, family, and you are the training manager. Now, some things that that kind of goes unnoticed when it comes to uh, when it goes to when it comes to hiring the right people is finding the right people. So let's say for the sake of argument, you've found a good quality candidate. You've hired them, you've brought them on. Kind of the now what? So wh- what do we do now as far as getting them into the fold, bringing them into properly, allowing them to see your vision, all of that, so to speak? Like what, what kind of goes into that and why, as it, it, redundant as, as it sounds, yeah. why is that so important? Sure. So, so you found a good candidate, a, a, you, you hired on this employee. Um, so I, I was sitting, I was sitting down and thinking, thinking through the steps that we take at Service Autopilot, um, and kind of our philosophy in the, in the training department. And I came up with a, with a couple of things that, that could be beneficial. So the first thing that I thought about, and this was through a lot of trial and error, but we realized, and this is for new employees, new members, but you can't start basic enough. And the reason why is because if you start basic, and I mean like by basic, I mean almost like as simple as two plus two equals four. I mean like start, this is a lawnmower. This, this is a lawnmower. This is a this is a wash rag. This, this is, is a, a computer. Mop. Yeah. This is this is a browser. These are the browsers that we use at Surface Autopilot. Things like that. Just super, super basic. I would rather have our new employees say, I know. Because think about it this way. If you start basic and they say, I know, what are you doing? You're, you're making them feel smarter. If you start too high and then you have to go more basic. Then they feel stupid. Then they feel the exact opposite. They feel, they feel stupid. They feel dumber. I feel stupid having the fact that you just use stupid. So let's say inferior, make me sound a little bit more intelligent. <laughs> Since I was the dumb guy the last are time. We, I was about to say, are we going back to the bear examples? Since, yeah, yeah, the bear examples. Let me get my claws sunk into this one. So if you get a new bear at a zoo. <laughs> <laughs> my wife's apparently coming by. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's true. She works at the zoo. Yeah. Um, so so that's a really big one. And, and uh, you know, another reason why that's so good is, is not only are you making them feel smart, um, uh, appreciated, um, but you're also making sure that you're teaching them every aspect that you want to teach them. You've got to put yourself in their shoes. You've got to assume they know nothing and then go up from there. You know, all too often we'll see that people, once you start assuming that people know things, you miss, they, you might train them on certain things, but you miss, you don't even realize how many, you know, aspects of, of what you're trying to train them you miss on. Does that make sense? There's a proverb about what happens when you assume. You make, go ahead. You make a donkey out of you and me. (laughs) I think that we're allowed to say ass. Well, yeah. I mean, we're not regulated by the FCC, so you can go ahead and say it. (laughs) Well, I think you can say that on the radio too, but, uh, we had Jonathan on several weeks ago now. Uh, and he said half assing. And I was like, well, a whole set new the precedent, yeah. Whole new set of words has been opened to half us. donkey. Half donkey. That's what I'm gonna say. He was talking yeah. about half a donkey. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes you got to cut a donkey in half. Well, to paint to paint an example of what you were talking about, 
um, Chris, as far as keeping it basic, you know, and, 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 and forgive me, Cody, I'm really not trying to throw you under the bus here, but like when you and I were starting this process of building this podcast and we were taking sound files and uploading them and you were editing them and you, you do such a fantastic job with that. And you were asking me to help you out with some stuff and you're like, yeah, dude, do this, this, and this very basic sounding stuff. And I have to admit, you made it sound very simple, but I, I'm like, we're, you know, we're communicating via our inner office uh, communicator, uh, through Slack and you're like, and I'm like, what, how do you do that? What do you do? And you know, you had to go backwards, which yep. I'm sure was incredibly frustrating for you. I know it was. Um, and I apologize. I was like, dude, I'm sorry, but can you, can you, can you slow down? Can you take a step back yeah. and everything? And I know that was that, frustrating on twofold. It was frustrating for myself and it was frustrating for Cody because he's like, this is, this is easy stuff, Bear. Like you should have had this figured out. But, you know, to your point, Chris, you know, that, you know, even though it may come across as condescending, but by start, but by starting with the simpler the simpler items and by pushing that more simpler agenda at first, you're empowering your employees to exactly and if you more intelligent. explain at least part of that methodology when you're bringing new employees on, you're going to be like, look, we're going to cover some super simple stuff yep. during training. We're going to make sure that we leave no stone unturned because we don't want you to not know how to do something later. So we're not going to assume that you know anything about this regardless of your experience level in the industry or exactly. whatever. Right. And also what this does is everyone who works in these industries has had the experience of hiring someone who was like, oh, I have 10 years of experience doing this. And then you watch how they work and it's not the way that you do it. And then you have to fight with this person to get them to do things the way that your company does them, not the way that right. they've always done it. Exactly. Right. So if you come in and you're able to cover all of these things from square one using what Chris is talking about, it's going to alleviate some of those problems. Which kind of leads us into my next question for you, Chris. And that's the, that's the word coachability. Coachability. Okay. Coachability. Okay. So, okay. So again, you, we've, let's take a step back. We've, we've found the right candidate. We've okay. hired said candidate. Okay. We've started the training process. You've introduced it to him, to him or her this way. Hey, we are going to assume that you don't know anything. We're without again without using the condescending terms, but just yeah. be like we're going to start very yeah. basic because we want you to do this the service autopilot way or the ABC lawn care way or the one two three cleaning way. Okay, so now why should coachability, the term, the concept, the overall principle in itself, be such an important factor when it comes to hiring that said candidate because again you've got your 10-year veteran as cody says man you want them on your team because they've been doing this for 10 years the the most senior you guy you've got in on your team right now is six months on the job right and you know that that leadership can be invaluable and that experience can be invaluable but if they're not coachable it it's going to throw your entire business model for a loop. Yep. So, why? so would you say that someone putting forward coachability in an interview is more important than someone having a bunch of experience? Man, that is a great question. I, I tell you that would go, that would go a long way here for sure. So any candidates listening to this, that's a, that's a good thing to mention. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because, because we're going to train them, you know, obviously experience is a plus, but, one thing that we get approached all the time and, and asked all the time about service autopilot is how did we create our culture? Because we've got a we got a pretty special culture here. And that's absolutely part of it is we find people who are who are coachable, who are trainable. Um, so if you can 
if you come to us and say, Hey, I'm a team player. I'm willing to do my job and some, I'm willing to help people out. I'm willing to grab the proverbial shovel and just start digging. Then that's going to go, that's going to go a long way because going back to the example that you were talking about bear. So you might, yeah, you might find someone who is extremely experienced, but if they're not a team player, if they're not coachable, what you're going to see is these silos are going to start to be, are going to be created. So that one person might be getting a lot of work done, but it might be a, you know, impediment to the rest of the team kind of rendering them useless. So people who aren't coachable usually aren't the kind of people who coach other people, even if they have the knowledge to do it. Exactly. Exactly. And, And that's honestly probably one of the hardest things that our members experience too, is they started the company. It's just them. And then maybe they had a secretary or a business part partner. And whenever they start to hire more people on, they're not used to that it's going to change your atmosphere. It is going to change your culture. So if you don't have the people who are, especially, you know, early on, early on, that's kind of tricky. You just have to, you've got to do what you have to do in order to make it. Um, but as you start to grow, you really got to get those people who are willing to be a part of the team. They got to be team players. Yeah. And not to, not to toot my own horn here, not to toot my Hello. own horn here. And to lump Cody into this as well, but Cody and I were hired at Service Autopilot for different positions, and we spent time in support, another department for which we weren't hired. Yep. And I was I, hired for support. Oh, you were. I'm sorry. My apologies. Um, but you've you've moved on to the marketing department now. So I was hired. To, I was hired to, to be in the sales department, and I I spent a bulk of my first year inside the support department. Yep. And I think. What went a long way with me during the hiring process, the training process, and everything wasn't that I lost myself in the role of support. It was taking what I was hired for and applying it to everything that I could learn in the support department. And that experience, that experience led me to being good at my job in the sales department. Yeah, absolutely. And so you can apply that to your companies out there. So here's your veteran that's coachable that you've hired on. Yep. Okay. And starting them not off as a team leader, starting them at a lower position, saying, I'm hiring you with the presumption that you will be coached up to being a team leader within said time. But you're going to start here and you're going to be working under, you're going to be working under George, who's been with me for six months. It's only been six months, but he's been my go-to guy. He's been awesome. He's been fantastic. He understands what we're trying to do here and everything. But you're going to be under him. And then eventually you're going to take his job where you're eventually going to head up another team. By doing that and finding someone who's willing to to swallow the proverbial pr- uh, pride, since we keep throwing proverbial around, to swallow that pride for just <laughs> a little bit, you found yourself yep. a quality candidate. because And you found yourself a quality person because, again, they're willing to retrain their brain. They're willing to retrain everything that they know and what's made them them and what's made you hire them. Yep, exactly. And And – Put it in place of what the company is trying to build as yeah, a whole. That's yeah, that's a great example. Um, you know, whenever I was hired on at at Service Autopilot, well, about, you've done everything Chris, about three so. years ago now. But I spent time in in support too. It, it really is where we're starting to you know recognize like that is the easiest way to learn the system the fastest and, and in the most depth. So and it means that when the three of us 
talk about the system, we actually know how to use it. Exactly. Uh, and so this might be a good thing to think about for uh, lawn care or cleaning companies. If they're going to be, if the people that you're hiring are going to be interacting with your customers and need to be able to answer questions about what you're doing, yep, it would probably be helpful for them to have done yep. what your company does. Yeah. And even if they come from a different uh, industry, that's fine. It's only going to benefit them for them to be in the field for a little while, even if it's not long term. Yeah, just because it's gonna it's gonna completely change their perspective. It's gonna Absolutely. it's gonna change their perspective on how to how to be how to be a, a manager or an owner or you know whatever you're hiring them on to be. And it'll allow them to understand where their the other pains are coming from. And just like you said, with perspective and everything, and 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 even within certain systems, like say you offer different services. Like we have several members that would like you know that are in the green industry and they offer irrigation, maintenance, and um and upkeep services that are different. You know, you can have a guy that you you brought on to install irrigation. Yep. Install and repair irrigation works. Why not throw them on your 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 lawn maintenance crew? Or you might have hired someone specifically to do uh carpet cleaning. That's what that's what their experience is in. That's what they 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 understand flooring, they understand all that all those concepts and everything. Why not put them on your regular house cleaning crew? Yeah, if you offer multiple services and you've got your guys kind of diversified across mm-hmm. the crews, uh, cross-training can be really helpful because then when Joe calls in sick, uh, but the lands- the like hardscape crew doesn't have a whole lot of work, you can pull someone from over right. there exactly. and get them over uh, in your regular maintenance stuff. E- exactly. And like you said, because once if you've done it, now you can also, you can also rely on, upon them in a pinch for necessary things. And then also on top of that, they can also speak intelligently about it. Because if they do get that face-to-face time with the customer and you, they're doing, they're with a customer that's only hired you for floor cleaning and that's their, that's their job. That's what they do. And they're, so they're at their house on a weekly basis, cleaning floors, cleaning carpets, et cetera. And they say, hey, I didn't realize you guys did, um, you know, um, Laundry services too. Tell me about that. Well, because the employee has done laundry service for you as well, they can talk about they it. Can talk about it exactly, and they and, don't have that look on their face like like a uh, deer I don't know. Yeah, like, like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And and I feel like you know you're talking about the the industries that we serve, but you're also now talking about service autopilot, and and that's kind of that's kind of how our culture was created. Is as we did, we cross trained, and so there is that. You know, people, people are stepping up left and right. People are really going above and beyond. And so I think you ingrain that in your employees whenever you really start to grow. And then you've got a culture where you like going to work. Like Jonathan always says, Jonathan loves coming to service autopilot because of the the culture that's been created here. And all of our members could have the exact same thing if they just kind of keep this in mind as they're hiring and training. Yeah, absolutely. So when you're looking at two pretty equal candidates mm-hmm. uh it, like on paper the one who's going to be a better culture fit is going to be the better candidate right oh yeah and, and could that overcome a little bit of i mean i guess this is back to like that same question i asked about before where it was like experience could it overcome a deficit for that person if they're going to be a really good culture fit and they're really coachable yeah absolutely absolutely because people have to start somewhere um, and and I think that's one thing that Service Autopilot has done so well is is we've been maybe some people who may have been overlooked for other jobs we'll give them a shot and they thrive here um, and so absolutely um, because we're we're looking out for that um, so 
I mean, when I was interviewing for support, Jonathan talked to me about writing in my interview uh, because I told him that, that was just like what I enjoyed doing uh, in my free time. Right. And he was like, is that something you've considered doing professionally? And I had considered writing fiction and stuff professionally, but I had never entertained the idea of marketing. I mean, you have to get a degree in marketing to work right. in a marketing yeah. department. Right. Yeah. That's... Uh, you have to have a degree in marketing to get an internship at yeah. a marketing firm. Yep. Uh, I have friends who spent a lot of money to get marketing degrees and they're working entry level like clerk jobs where they're running coffee. Yeah. Uh, and, and I get to like directly absolutely. work on. Chris would be excited about that. <laughs> yeah. Now you're talking this about my like... dream job. No. <laughs> Shuttling coffee from Shuttling executive coffee. to executive. <laughs> coffee this has to a... be mentioned at least one time. This is some time origin Peruvian. I don't know if you've tried this yet, sir, but it's delightful. <laughs> That was good. Yeah, Peruvian, that's that's a that's a good coffee. But I want to point something out that's really that I found really key. I, I found odd at first, but it makes sense as we talk and talk about culture and we hammer on this and we've hammered on it in previous episodes. Our 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 interview with David Martinez, our import specialist, was it was incredibly vivid in terms of our a very in-depth scope into the culture of service autopilot because we discovered we I mean it, we discovered things on air about our culture that, yeah. that Cody and I did not know. and Namely, that, that, that David Martinez has invented culture. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, at this point, yeah, I mean, he was part, you know, he was responsible for the, volu- the, the volunteer program that we have here and, uh, and some other initiatives that he took upon himself. And, but something that I found odd. Do that, tell. That, but now makes sense, again, when you trust in the system that you, and the culture that you've created was, Chris, you're not, you're not a part of the interview process. Nope. You're in service autopilot. I now I, I thought I didn't interview with you when I first when I first interviewed was because we had that previous relationship and I thought, you know, that's probably why I wasn't. But as I've been here for a while, I noticed that you you don't you're not part of the interview process. You're the training manager. You're responsible of making sure that all new employees understand the system. Yep. Or get the resources they need to understand the system. Yeah. So that's that's your charge. And yet you're not involved in the interviewing process. But you trust in the process enough to know that the people who do do that bring in the right people <laughs> stop it stop it right now <laughs> just jump uh, <laughs> all the listeners you're born in 1993 you make jokes about doo doo look at this 94 actually <laughs> 90, but you're whatever. younger than you made me yeah, you're younger. You even make it even worse. No, so, I know that everyone out there listening to this was also laughing with me. Was also me. giggling. They were thinking girlish it. delight, glee, or <laughs> delight, or whatever the word you want to throw at it. So um, no, yeah, that that that's absolutely right. Now I'm. Uh, so whenever we whenever we hire someone, you know, we, we do have quite an interview process. Um, there's there's multiple rounds. There's not just one round. There's at least three rounds. Sometimes even more. And there's rounds within rounds. There's rounds within rounds. Yes. Yeah. That we, we really vet people. Um, so whenever someone gets hired on, most of the time it's going to be uh, support. Uh, that's probably the, the uh, area that's growing the fastest. I would also say development. So the people who get brought in, Jonathan interviews everyone. He's the... He's the owner and CEO of Service Autopilot, but he still makes the time to talk to every single candidate. Um, and so, and then it just depends on who's being hired. Now, if someone was being hired to eventually be groomed for the training department, I would be brought in. Um, but since most of the time it's support 
and development being hired on. It's going to be, um, you know, our CEO, our, our, our vice president, and whoever the manager of that department is. Um, and then after that, that's when they'll come to me. They'll spend about three weeks um, in, in my... Well, during that interview process, you get interviewed by... So if you're coming on as support, you get interviewed by support supervisors. Yep. So yeah, exactly. That's the equivalent of a team leader for a field service right, company. Exactly. That's your. So you've instilled your culture and what you want to see in people in your company, in the people who lead up your crews, right? Yeah. So they exactly. are the people who live and breathe whatever the colors of your company are. This field level employee who's interviewing with you, uh, that's good. But getting them in front of the people who are going to have to manage them day in and day yeah. out. They have insight into the kind of employees who work that if you're out of the field and a little bit removed from that, it's going to be harder for you to spot these things and hear the things that they're saying exactly. that might be red flags or that are really good things to hear. You might pass on somebody who would be a really good employee because they said something that you were like, oh, I don't know about that. But then in talking to one of your team leaders, they were like, whoa, no, 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 this person's great. Yeah, that, you, you're exactly right. I mean, going back to the to the team aspect, they're... I mean, these these people are going to have to work with each other every single day. So you got to make sure that they're compatible. Just kind of to, to to touch back on this specific thing, is it do you do you would you advise that type of model? Someone that's in charge of the training, say an operations manager, okay, okay, or a general office manager or a, a, a company manager, would you advise that's going to handle the the training process? Would you advise to take that model into consideration where they don't necessarily have they're not a part of that part of the interview process that it's, it's the people in the field. It's the, the CEO of the company. It's the couple of the owners and things like that. Would you, would you think that that, that model can carry over to the people listening to this broadcast? Um, I think you could try it out. I, I, I feel like it's a little different for, you know, our, our members in, in the industry. Or maybe not as an intense part of the process. Because again, they're not going to be, you're not going to, as an operations manager, you're not going to be necessarily working with them on a daily basis, like the people in the field or having to trust that the work will be done like a CEO. Yeah. I, you know, and, and this is something that it took a little while, you know, we, we did many, many, many interviews uh, before we really kind of figured out our process and, and, you know, we're always constantly changing it. So, you know, th that's something that our members could absolutely try. Um, I think I think with the size most of our members are, um, it would make sense for CEO to interview, COO to interview, and then maybe, you know, a couple people who they're going to be working with day in and day out. But maybe it does, maybe you do streamline it and you get it to the, to the point where the COO doesn't have to be involved. Um, that, that could absolutely be the case, but I don't think they necessarily have to try that um, immediately. Yeah. Well, and your operations manager is generally going to be the head of the department that like someone who's going out into the right, field. Right, right. As I was saying, and I kind of understood yeah. that concept. I was just trying to, I, trying I to see what you're relevant. saying, Bear. I see what you're saying. And yeah, um, just, just, just try it out. Honestly, like really, I, I don't think it's as important to make sure that you hit the right levels I mean, it's just more, especially, you know, as you're a smaller company growing, you know, the more people that you can talk to this candidate, the better. Really, because cause like, you're making sure that the, the team approves. You're making a team decision. And like everything else in your business, track 
who did what and what produces the best candidates. If you see that, uh, you know, your VP interviewed or your operations manager interviewed 10 people and nine of them are still there a year later, he probably knows how to pick Good them. Good judge yep. talent. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Some people have that, you know, that real high EQ, emotional quote, quota, quotient, quotient. Quotient. <laughs> is that what it is? The answer to a division problem. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What is it? All I know is emotional e- intelligence. Emotional intelligence. Yeah, we'll we'll stick with that. Whatever whatever that is. Um, but a lot. Some people have a, a much higher e- EQ, and they can really. Um, they're they're a much better judge of character. They can kind of they can kind of see through. Hey, is this person is this person real? Um, are do they have a pretty good facade that they've worked on? You know, yeah. Bear's a big poker player, so. Uh, you know, he could have a pretty, pretty big poker face, a pretty good poker face, um, when it comes to interviewing. Now, luckily bear is the real deal. Um, yeah, I was but... say, you might want to clarify this a little bit. <laughs> bear totally Feeling duped a... us. No, no, no. So, um, so, but yeah, you know, some people, some people are really good interviewers and then they get into that, um, that your team environment and they can kind of be a little bit of a, a, a cancer, um, and so maybe you do have someone who can kind of spot that before they but ever enter into the oncologist ready to <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're exactly right. Um, trust. Yeah. It, it, you know, owners trust, trust the people who you trust. Um, cause, cause they have, they have a lot at stake too. Cause they don't want to see, they don't want to see, see the team environment go downhill. They're going to protect it maybe even more than you. And don't, let your need to hire uh, overtake you and make you hire someone that you know will not be a good fit. It is better to have to let go a client than hire a terrible employee who's going to lose you clients. That's true. That's And that's a brilliant point. And that, this takes me into one of my last questions for you, Chris. So where does... where when you have this approach set up and you've got you've got your you've got your process, you've got your culture, you've got everything right. Yep. Okay. So now comes real life. Okay. We're short staffed. Okay. Oh my God, we just lost four people. Uh that's an entire crew. And we've got all these houses that need to be done. They need to be cleaned. They need to be mowed. Oh my God, we're short staffed. We need to hire as many people as possible. And we we just need to get them through the process. Through the training process, get them done, whatever. Where what are some pieces? What is a piece of advice or pieces of advice that you can give to our listeners that says, "Hold on," that can rein them in really and say, "Stick to it." Mm-hmm. Well, and real, real quick, I want to interject that not only does Chris run our training department, and so we trust him in that, but he also has a degree in business management. So he went to school to learn about how to implement these kind of practices. So, like, this is super within Chris's wheelhouse. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, so, so you know, what exactly are, are you getting at, Bear, with, uh, you know, trying to keep your employees I, calm or, or still hire again, people you don't on wanna... and not just forego? Yeah, not foregoing what, the process. What Bear's like, asking about Don't hit the like, panic button. Like, hiring someone and being like, oh, they can learn on the job. Like, we need to have someone out there tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, you know, I'll shoot, a lot of our members have to deal with that almost on a, on a daily basis. Right. Um, and so part of it is going to have to be, you know, there might be a season where people are pulling uh, a, a few more hours, but, but you do have to, you do have to take the time in order to train them. Um, even if 
even if your your schedule is completely chaotic right now, um, because you got to think about you got to think about the long term, not necessarily just the short term. So maybe are there some things? Can you fast track some people? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you might find someone who fits in way quicker. Um, you know, it, it's just the, the, each scenario is just so different. Now, I will say, kind of, kind of deviating a little bit. Um, but what another thing that's really important to remember, even in 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 the time of chaos, is that whatever you're trying to train, you're gonna have to say it three times. That is, it's almost just, it's almost just before they the rule. remember having heard it once. Exactly, exactly. So, so that that's something to keep in mind, even in the chaos. In the chaos, you're gonna say, "Hey, do this." And you say that one time, and unfortunately, nine times out of ten, it's going to go in one ear and out the other. So you have to, you have to be willing to say it three times. Think about, think about like a stock graph. I actually have this on a sticky note to remind myself all the time. Um, but I've got like this little stock graph. Um, it goes up, it, it, so it peaks, and. As soon as it's it's almost like whenever you whenever you drive a car off a car lot, the 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 depreciation just just sets in and and the value of the car goes downhill. It's the same don't, thing don't whenever you me. what was that? I said don't remind. Don't me. remind you. Yeah, um, it's the same thing whenever you teach some somebody something. As soon as they step out of the conference room or or your office, it's almost like they forgot everything. So the next time you teach them, that spike goes a little bit higher but there's going to be another crash. And then the third time is when it really starts to stick. So can you kind of see that, um, you know, we're, we're on a podcast, yeah. so there's no visuals, but you can kind of see that stock graph, right? I can it kind put of, it in the show notes though, it, if you send me a picture of it. Okay. Yeah, I'll do that. Oh, yeah, I'll absolutely do that. So just remember that, especially the things that are really important to your company, to the, to the things that might require additional training, even through the chaos, you've got to find the time to say it at least three times. Kind of keep that, kind of keep that in your back pocket. Well, and just to bring it around kind of full circle as far as being honest and upfront with the expectation level of your new employees and the way that you're going to train them and the way that you're going to explain things to them. You, what you just explained, you explained in my training. You went through that exact illustration with me and why you were starting off with basics and why you were repeating things and why things were getting repeated. If not with you, then with Scott or with Brian or one of our other trainers, things were getting repeated. And so that, that kind of repetition not only is it, – it's not to be annoying, it's not to be irritating, and it's not because you didn't learn it the first time. It's because statistically you didn't learn it the first time. Right, exactly. And so you're, you're playing the odds, you're playing the numbers. And if you explain that to people, it, again, it, you know, because I, I think one of, the, one of my biggest annoyances in life is when people are condescending with me. And I've been accused of being condescending. So I understand – the pain and I understand going forward and the, the, of being upfront and being deliberate about, about certain things. And so you want to try and explain it in the best way possible, but by being honest and upfront about your approach and your process and everything, you can get, you can push past those, those annoyances and those, those, what's the word I'm looking for, Cody restrictions or the, the, the resistance, right? The resistance to, 
to uh, to learning things right the, the yeah. first time or in your case the third time yeah exactly it takes it takes time but you, I mean uh, you just just to kind of harp on what you're saying it takes I think this might be the third time that I say I said it once you're saying it and now I'm gonna say it for a third time so it should be sticking with everyone listening to the podcast now. Well, at you least 80, 80% of them or 20% of them. I right, right, right. Yeah. Them. 20% of our uh, podcast listeners will remember 80% of what we said. Good. So they can forget about the thing about Nicolas Cage and Pokemon. Fantastic. <laughs> Get it out. Now, that was the third time you said that. So that's going to stick. Oh, so, you know. Dang it. <laughs> well, Chris, we really appreciate you coming in again for another interview. For a we'll... supersized interview on Super the proper sized. roadmap. Fantastic. Yeah. We, yeah, I think we set the record here. Well, I mean, I love coming on this podcast. I think you guys, what you guys are doing is, is great. I'm on the podcast. I love listening to the podcast that you produce. So I even saw that Chris wrote us a nice little review. Oh, shit. Don't sweet. You, you're not supposed to say that. Yeah. I was, no, it's I, was fine, it's fine. I was supposed to go incognito. When you listen to the podcast. When you put your I name do. Chris Volpe on there, it's kind of <laughs> yeah. hard to go incognito. You're in, a, you're in an episode title. Hey, yeah. there could be multiple Chris Volpe's. Actually, there's a Did sing- you comment on your own podcast? Like, this Chris Volpe guy really knows what he's talking about from Chris Volpe. They'll never know that it was me. It could be the other Chris Volpe. Well, hey, this is a good time to remind people that if you enjoy listening to The Profit Roadmap, if you will, wherever you get your podcasts, if you'll leave us a review uh, and a rating, that really helps other people hear about the show. Uh, if you listen to a bunch of podcasts, you've heard every podcaster ever pitch you like this. Uh, but we... We really need uh, you to let other people know what you think about the show. Share it on Facebook. Share it on Twitter. Uh, get the word out there. Get other people on the profit roadmap. Maybe not your direct competitors in your market. Don't tell them. Tell but, people uh, across town or across the state. Exactly. Or, yeah. you know, your, your cousin in Idaho friend, or something. Yes, please do. People at the Service Autopilot Conference, and they somehow got through the conference without uh, Bear and I personally telling them to listen to the podcast, then uh, you should tell them too. It'll be a feat for sure. We really, uh, we really look forward to having you again on, Chris. Uh, thing, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for fighting life and limb to get that bubble gum inside that tire so that you could roll on into the office yes, and, sir. and do this interview. It was yes, fantastic. So Fred Flintstone style. That's a great visual. That's fantastic. <laughs> and uh, we'll definitely see you next time. Again, this is The Profit Roadmap. I am Bear Duplissy. He's Chris Volpe. He's Cody Owen. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. The music in this episode of The Profit Roadmap was Riptide and Summon the Rock by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. If you want to check out Kevin's music, it's some good stuff, Incompetech.com.